0: You're listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener supported podcast. Each week, we take a single episode of a science fiction TV series or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene.
1: And I'm Simon.
0: And tonight, we're looking at another one of our special animated recreation Doctor Who missing episodes. Stories this time, Evil of the Daleks, Uh, Patrick Troughton episode. We'll, We'll do the synopsis first, and we'll talk about it. The TARDIS has been taken from Gatwick Airport on a lorry. The Doctor and Jamie chase the lorry as fast as possible with their lurching, awkward running strides, but eventually must give up on the foot chase. Instead, they conduct an investigation to find the TARDIS. Little do they know they are being given a series of increasingly unlikely clues designed to lead them inexorably to an antique shop run by a Mr. Edward Waterfield, who specializes in really high-quality Victoriana. Waterfield is a Victorian with a time machine. He is also in the employ of the Daleks. As his final clue to lure the doctor and Jamie to his shop, he sends them an actual invitation to his shop. When they arrive, Rather than meet with them, he lays further clues and traps to knock them unconscious and transport them back to June 1866, somewhere near Canterbury and the home of Mr. Theodore Maxtable. Maxtable is a wealthy man and dabbler in sciences. He has hired Waterfield to help him build a time machine. They succeeded after a fashion, but their experiment brought Daleks to Earth. The Daleks took Waterfield's daughter Victoria captive and forced the men to help them trap the Doctor. With Victoria's life on the line, now the Doctor is coerced into helping the Daleks too. They want him to isolate the human factor, the collection of emotions and properties that humans possess that has allowed them to consistently beat the Daleks. The Doctor agrees, and the Daleks insist that Jamie will be the test subject. Jamie must attempt to rescue Victoria Waterfield, all while the Doctor and the others are watching and identifying the human factor in Jamie. Also, a man named Arthur Terrell, who is Maxtable's daughter's fiancé, is around, behaving erratically, and apparently also under control of the Daleks. He pops up occasionally to make things move along or slow down as fits the demands of the episodes. A mute Turk named Kemmel, who is kindly disposed towards Victoria, is tasked with stopping Jamie from reaching her. When Jamie saves his life, they team up to save Victoria, which they sort of do, but Victoria is recaptured and taken to Scara. It has become clear that Maxtable, despite his attempts to appear innocent, is fully complicit with the Daleks and their actions. They have promised him the secret of turning metal into gold, Absolutely no one except Maxtable believes they will keep that promise. The Doctor isolates the human factor and installs it into three newborn Daleks. When they awaken, they have a sense of fun and friendship with the Doctor. He names them Alpha, Beta, and Omega. All Daleks are recalled to Scarrow, including the new ones, and a bomb is left behind to destroy Maxtable's house. Maxtable follows the Doctor's Scarrow via the time closet, leaving the others behind to die. The Doctor, Jamie, and Waterfield escape in the Dalek time machine and head to Skaro. They're all captured and put in a cell. The Doctor is given an audience with the Emperor Dalek. The Doctor explains that he has destroyed the Daleks by introducing the human factor into the test Daleks. They will question orders and it will spread to other Daleks. Soon they will be destroyed. The Doctor has been fooled. While the point of his work was to isolate the human factor, Somehow, that also means he isolated the Dalek factor. Now, with the Doctor's TARDIS secured on Skaro, he will help them spread the Dalek factor to all humans through Earth's history. Maxtable is the guinea pig, and he is turned into a human Dalek. The Doctor is next. However, as he is not human, he is immune, but plays along as a ruse. With a deft swap of positronic brains and the right word in the Dalek emperor's ear, the doctor tricks them into sending more Daleks into the device that will insert the Dalek factor. But it is now actually inserting the human factor. Dalek civil war breaks out. Waterfield, who has been increasingly upset by the things the Daleks have forced him to be complicit with, sacrifices his life to save the doctor. With everyone else dead and Scarrow being destroyed, the doctor and Jamie take the orphan Victoria in. And she joins the TARDIS crew. Oh, we are so close, Simon. We are so close to having the entirety of this season. <laughs> well, what? Well, it's just the Highlanders and redoing underwater menace properly, right? Smugglers. Is the smugglers in season four?
1: Yeah, it is. It's episode. It's uh, first serial. I thought it's the first, first serial
0: was Power of the Daleks.
1: No. Oh, you're talking smugglers. about
0: the ones from the the the. Uh, that's a that's a Hartnell, isn't it? Yeah. No and then and then you've got 10th yeah, planet and then 10th planet. Yeah all right, I guess that counts. But they won't sell that as a box set. They'll start with uh Power of
1: the Daleks. So. Oh no, 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 no. They will they will sell it as a a box set. Um I I I I tell you what though, thinking about getting this season completed, it it's it's quite an interesting season because we don't have any of the serials complete and yet as you allude to, we 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 get we've ha- we've now had animations of quite a lot of them and one of the one of the one of the things i was thinking about uh, you know in terms of reviewing this for the podcast was how little i have to say about the animation in this me too because because of the fact that it is essentially identical to the animation in the faceless ones i don't have any particular information about how they did this but it would not surprise me in the least if they had just Sat down as soon as they'd finished the Faces ones, and just carried on through the evil of the Daleks. I mean, obviously there are some additional models and things to produce, but the the style and everything is so strikingly similar. And in a way, that's that's terribly good because um, there's a there's a big continuity between the stories, and yep. there's something nice about the fact that Macro era. Yeah, there are some more noticeable differences there but it's a block of stories where you can just sit down and watch them and because they've animated the whole serial you mm-hmm. can just sit down and watch the whole thing animated in the same style and it's almost almost making me wish that in addition to um uh, you know as you say doing the highlanders and the smugglers and and uh underwater the, of course most importantly the underwater menace being the best <laughs> serials of the season. I almost wow. thinking, well I wish they would I wish they would also, you know, go and go back and do um the moon base, even though I love the animation in, in that, and uh Tenth Planet, which much less. Um because yeah. they, because if they did the whole c- serial and they did it in the same style, it'd be like you could watch the whole of season four and and the, there'd be a kind of coherence to it. Although I have to say actually Taking a quick peek at the power of the Daleks, it's not that similar. It's mm. it's obviously the same. You know, it's the, it, there's, there's a continuity b- between the that that being the kind of Charles Norton directed one and and these other Anne Marie Walsh ones because she worked on all four of them.
0: Well, I want to quote something out of my notes here that I that I would have paraphrased, but I'll just read it word for word. "Quote: I've reached the point where I can just ignore the animation." unless it jars and that is followed by um the sentence the running oh god the running but apart from that (laughs) apart from that i just when i was watching the animation it's like you know something i got nothing to say this is perfectly acceptable and there are a couple places where i really quite like what they did um and and i did watch uh of the seven, I watched five of the seven in color. I watched the existing episode two, I believe, uh, as it as it originally aired in the human version. And I watched one black and white episode just to, to get the whole thing. And the thing that I noticed most about the color episodes is that I really got a hammer horror vibe off this thing.
1: Mm, yeah, I can see that.
0: Um, and I and I and I love that. <laughs> now, of course, it's set in a Victorian house, so therefore, sure, that's what I think of when I think of Victorian stuff in Britain. Anyway, is that you got that that beautiful sumptuous color and the 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 sweeping widescreen uh, hammer. and in even the dust motes in the sky in the air were kind of it's like that. That's a little arty, but it works it works because they've really gone they've really gone with trying to play up the bright sunny victorian era down to and I, they may have done this in the original down to the fact that in the very opening scenes when the doctor and Jamie were wake up in 1866 all the birds are chirping and it's obviously meant to be bright sunny lovely day and and they get that yeah. i think they they managed to achieve that in the in the animation and and in the presentation, and I, I like it. I'm not enthused enough about it to say sure they should go back and redo the others, because I got lots of other stories I want to see. But uh, but I I get what you're I get what you're saying. I mean, if it had a consistent style, but I'll, I, I'll put I've, it this way: you know what what's not consistent between this one and the last one, as far as I can tell, or as I can remember, the music. You
1: know, well, no, that's so, true.
0: So, the stories are not necessarily stylistically the same from one to the next anyway, so i can I can deal with it I can deal with the animation oh yeah yeah
1: yeah no i, I mean I, so I, I I can deal with it and it won't it won't surprise me if we do end up with new animations of things that have been animated before and i don't want i don't want to suggest i'm itching for it i don't want i don't want to to give the impression that this is my top priority over as you say getting some of the other stories animated or whatever but it's just the fact that we've got this block now i think you can sort of sit down and watch macro faceless ones and evil in a row with the same visual animation style and that in a way that that kind of helps it disappear it 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 makes me think because I've, I've I've, for a while, I think I've mentioned this as well before that that I won't be surprised if they come back to animating some of the same stuff again, purely because what they can do for the money is getting better and better all of the time. And so it will reach a point where they will go, oh, well, we can do far better than this. But not only that, because of the affordability of it, you might then look at, well, there is merit in animating a whole season with the same animation house and the same animation style mm-hmm. for for this reason. And I and it it's it, it I mean it's just something I've been thinking while I've been out on the beach and out walking around. You know, it because because I know that I know that they will be thinking about this kind of stuff. Do I do I think there is a value in that? And I I'm not sure I do place a lot by it for some of the reasons that you've just said. Um but it's it's just interesting watching this serial as the the third in this kind of trilogy where there is this kind of coherent feel to it it is the first time where i've actually thought "Mm, quite like that yeah whereas previously i'd have gone don't really care like you like you just suggested um and i'm not and i'm not saying it's a big thing for me yet. it's just a "Mm, that's interesting
0: yeah eventually they'll probably be able to do this so cheaply it's not funny but whether or not they'll have built well, me out of it's... a few more Blu-ray box sets before then is another story.
1: Well, yes, of course, that is the thing, because every every time it gets released on Blu-ray, of course, it will have to include every previous version because we Doctor Who fans are absolutely completist. And, uh... Well, wouldn't
0: it be nice if they released them on Blu-ray over in the United States? No. <laughs> they, they don't even release these animated ones over here in, in Blu-ray. Only DVD, but... But eventually, a box set, maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, in ter- in terms of the animation, I, I I don't think there is a lot um, to add to the the the, the kind of criticisms mm. and and I mean criticisms, both good and bad, that I made uh, in the faceless ones. I, I I agree with you. There's a the kind of artiness of this shines through. It's there's a there's a quality to it now where I think I particularly think that they've got the measure of the limitations of what they can do and that makes the whole thing just feel a lot more solid There really there's a, there's a confidence to producing something that does look good and part of that is is the artiness um the, the criticism that you make about the motion is something that I banged on about in the faceless ones the only reason I might think it's worth coming back to now is because since then we've had a little chat about the um web of fear where the motion is very very different and i i've kind of looked back i mean since we recorded on the web of fear it i've i've kind of read a few what a few other people have commented about the animation quality and i kind of alluded to the fact there's a bit of a split between people who like the animation and people who don't but that Mm -hmm. i think that may have been slightly overstating it it's basically a split between me and everyone else, because <laughs> I'm having difficulty finding anyone else who likes the animation. And yet, when I went to have a look back at the Web of Fear to sort of compare the quality of the motion in that and the and the quality in this, there are different qualities about it. So I, I do, I, aesthetically, it is just a lot more pleasing watching the evil of the Daleks. It's, 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 it's more, you take any still frame from it, and it's just, it's more nicely... Drawn, it's more nicely done, and yet there are still sequences in it where you have kind of Victoria blinks and stares, and they're obviously just holding the camera on her because they have no clue. They've got, what's they, happening. They've got well, they've got that they've got that much of the soundtrack to to kind of fill in, and then you know K- Kemal blinks back at her and stares at her, and. <laughs> It's one of those situations where I think, well, actually, what you need to do is you need to couple, of, cut a couple of seconds out of the soundtrack and tighten this up. But in the Web of Fear, they would have had the benefit of being able to use a bit of, of, of the movement of the body language to actually, yeah. to represent that non-verbal communication on screen in a more effective way. And looking back at the Web of Fear, I can completely see why the kind of the fact that everyone looks like they have had way too much caffeine. Is alienating mm-hmm. to some people, but I still yeah. like that very. I, I I appreciate that, and I I appreciate both styles. But I do appreciate that ability to communicate through the whole body movement that you just really really don't get in these in these um, uh, Norton and and um, Walsh animations. I
0: I you know I've watched the Web of Fear again since we uh, recorded and. What it reminds me of the most, I say there's a certain amount of the actors have been told to move more than they should, or maybe it's just being translated in the animation. So there, there does seem to be that sort of, I, I can't keep still. And even though humans aren't perfectly still, these people do what, caffeinated is a really good way, but it also reminds me of, um, it reminds me of early nineties. Let's go nineties the first wave of computer generated characters where they just, even though they're, you know, they were, they made them move more than they would have been able to in standard animation, I think is a way to say, look at the cool thing we can now do. Yeah. And yet because of the way they're rigged, they still don't look natural. And I think that's part of it in the web of fear that there's still not enough. Yeah. Not enough, uh, uh, articulation points maybe i i don't really know no there's one motion i I I can i think that's true
1: i think think that's that's true Still a motion with a brigadier
0: i can still see in my head every time (laughs) with him with a crop and the the leg and the just something about the it's like it's not it's exactly what he would do but it's not how he would do it and it or how anyone would do it i should say and i think that it's the uncanny valley almost maybe
1: yeah yeah i because i don't think there's any doubt about it it's 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 the kind of early generation for that style of animation whereas what we 're looking at with evil is the fourth iteration of them getting this right well the fourth yeah. the fourth iteration of them trying it, and they are now getting it right and the 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 kind of because obviously it's a, it's a totally different thing they are not getting actors to 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 make these motions because actually all of the humans in this are, uh, are two-dimensional animations, and what they're getting right now, which I, I did find jarring with *Power of the Daleks*, and I still think when I go back and look at it, it looks a bit jarring, is that mix of two D and three D. It's 3D. quite, I think it's quite an odd thing to have tried, and it is, and it is kind of now, it is now paying off, I think, because it does look pretty good here. It looks much more natural i think they're understanding the limitations of it and they're finding ways of of blending it more but obviously you particularly notice it i think that the reason this episode is a good comparison to 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 look at against the first one that, that these guys did the power of the daleks is because the daleks are taking full advantage of being 3d models you know they mm-hmm. have this incredibly uh, smooth, complete, three hundred and sixty-degree motion, and and when when a Dalek rotates its eye stalk, it actually rotates. And indeed, that would look very strange if it didn't. But when one of the human characters rotates, they go from full face to three quarters in an instant, and there's mm. no there's no kind of in betweening, and it, it 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 jarred a lot that that kind of discrepancy in power of the Daleks. And it doesn't now. And it's whatever they've done, they've made it look right.
0: Have you seen the remade Power of the Daleks?
1: No, I haven't. I was I Neither was just thinking I. about that, um, you know, in terms of it being the one animation that we we haven't reviewed. Um, just, you know, because we'd actually done Power of the Daleks twice. Yeah. And I'm not sure how different it actually is. Um, although reading some of the reviews of that, I think... One of the things that they obviously did go back to do was take out things where they had overstretched themselves, where they had, through the subsequent animations they'd done, realised some of their limitations. So I'm thinking of the doctor's check trousers, and I think they actually made a cut um, where there was something that they didn't think the animation was up to scratch, so they just chopped it out of the episode, a bit like the tumble machine in... yeah, I'm still upset about that. But okay, well, (laughs) but I'm not. I'm not because I, I, I mean, I was more upset about Polly's hair. I kind of think that what makes these episodes satisfying to watch more satisfying to watch now than they were when they started doing the stuff with power is that they are operating more within the limitations of what is possible under the constraints they're operating under, and I. Yeah, I I prefer that. I, pre- you know, right, right, right from the beginning, the fact that the invasion looked really, really good was because you had really experienced animators who were doing something that they were very, very comfortable with. And yeah, it was basic, but it was just really, really artistic. And I feel like we're getting more into that territory now with these guys doing doing this series. I'm not I'm not quite sure where they're gonna go next. Um underwater menace, one hopes, but uh, it's good. I take it they're not doing Galaxy 4. No, that's another big finish one. Okay.
0: Um I, you know, really expected based on my thoughts on this animation that we would save that for the last and 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 not have much to say about it. But obviously we've <laughs> we've had some time. I, I've got a couple points, I'll just throw them out here for short things. One Kudos to them for actually reasonably successfully dealing with a character who is mute.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: that tough call on that one. Um, when you're animating a soundtrack, you you think uh, that's 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 bold, but all right, it it kind of worked. There was a couple spots there where you're just like, yeah, I don't think that's what he was doing, but okay, my interpretation. And one in the, you know, don't do something that the animation doesn't support kind of thing. And and we could make the same argument that says you don't do things, you don't make things in certain colors when you know you're shooting in black and white, for example, so that you get, you know, you have to to work on the limitations of your medium and you have to work with the limitations of the medium and the animation. And one of the limitations of the medium is the was hideous (laughs) in this uh it's like yeah i mean maybe that's what it looked like when they were shooting it in black and white but no that's just awful (laughs) just ah didn't like it
1: i i see it i've been critical of of the coloring I, i i have tended to prefer to watch these things in black i i kind of feel like this totally goes against me saying this is a completely separate work of art, but I've been, I guess it's because when you're watching one episode that has survived, and I am glad that episode two has survived because it's the first appearance of Victoria and all that, but it feels like it fits better with watching black and white four three than watching colour widescreen. And yet, actually, I did watch quite a lot of this one in color widescreen i am warming to it i think that in terms of the coloring kudos to adrian salmon he has done generally a really good job i think the tricolour was probably hot pretty hideous um the whole thing with the big face of the Please. model that comes directly from chris thompson's original design apparently yeah. so um i i think that criticism may be one that is more for the for the design of the original than for the realization right, in if, the animation. If
0: you're going to, if you're going to be altering it, for example, removing the tumble machine for the animation, it's hideous. I mean, it's, it, it, mm. it is hideous in color.
1: And yeah. So they could,
0: they so could, they could have toned it, it. or something.
1: <laughs> it's like,
0: but. And, right. and,
1: and they, and they did, they did, um, they did make changes, which I, i don't know i I found one change really really odd um and i i I did not um watch a lot of the the kind of tele snap stuff to look for all of the changes and i've alluded to the fact that they they haven't bothered with the doctor's check trousers or whatever but they put kennedy in a in a jacket and tie and it fitted with his character really well it's this you know the kind of Oh yeah but he's the, I did see you in a style.
0: sweater or something yeah he's
1: in a as the soon as you cut, cut to the real thing in episode 2 he's in a polo neck uh yeah. which also kind of kind of fits but it totally changes um and so and so yeah I watched both both I did notice and, you know, that. It's, it, 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 it's absolutely, they, they they have made a choice. They have decided to add in, in the animation, this costume that I guess they think fits with his character better than the real costume. Because I can't imagine that, I mean, I don't know anything about it, but animating a, a jacket with a tie is any easier than animating a plain polo neck, is it?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I did notice that, though. I did notice that change. Um it was kind of strange, but didn't bother me will, because uh, you know when i when I put them all on the plex server, they will end up just being the color widescreen versions for watching, and the others will be relegated to sitting on the shelf on the v on the blu ray so for archival purposes, you go know, yeah all right, I'll watch it that someday but all right well let's let's turn our attention to the actual. Evil of the Daleks, which I. Yes, indeed. I don't know. Have I? I don't know. Have I? Was that ever released on a Target novelization? If so, I've read it. If not, I haven't read it and only know about it from vague episode guides. So the whole thing was very fresh and new to me. Uh, I knew that it was originally designed to be the final, at last, Finally, 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 get rid of the Daleks forever. <sighs> <laughs> again, so, Is this again? I thought this was the last final. Well, I guess in the the original, well, the first final. Um, yeah, the first. Yeah, the first episode. It was a one and done, and then from that point on, they've been.
1: It. It. Yes. If it, it feels like there is a there is a kind of final defeat in every episode, but the difference here would be what was going on behind the scenes in terms of terry nation trying to spin it off uh you know to give the daleks their own series and then you know it's deciding if he that... couldn't have that he didn't want to write any more Daleks. yeah
0: so that's that's the interesting part i have always heard that terry nation was trying to spin it off from doctor who and that's why this was written to end them but this is the first time i've ever heard that He got soundly rejected about spinning it off, and this was basically kind of a a snit. Like, all right, fine, I don't want to write any more Dalek stories. (laughs) Um, That that's a a completely different take on what I had heard on this over the years. Anyway, so as a Dalek story,
1: what did you think of this one? I thought, well, let me first of all say it's an interesting story, partly because of the obvious influence it has had down the line well to to me what seems like this it it seems like it's it's influenced later Doctor Who in 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 a couple of ways um that I will come back to but just yeah just in terms of just in terms of how it works as a Dalek story um yeah I think it's pretty terrible pretty terrible (laughs) even for a Dalek story
0: it is ridiculous I, I I found myself I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I I really did enjoy watching it. But at the same time, it was like, so the first episode is entirely them taking someone they know, they've captured the thing that they want, and then making it hard for them to find out where the thing is when what they want is for them to come there so they can be captured. It's like the, the doctor has to be clever enough to figure out the clues but not clever enough to avoid being trapped that's a that's a fine line to walk when you're making a maniacal diabolical plot and i ask questions like what if he would followed the leatherman clue how would that have led him to waterfield shop what is waterfield shop for what what is the point of that is he's he's making 1966 buck and then what? Taking it back with him to the Victorian times where he can't spend it. I, I, I <laughs> like, it's, I, 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 never could figure out is, is that strictly nothing but a trap for the doctor or have they set up that whole ruse for some other purpose as well? Can't tell. It's just, just it's I, interesting, I, I, but it kind of kill, you know, it's an interesting idea, but, why have why have we done this when you ultimately just show up and give the doctor a card and says, "Here be at my place at ten o'clock tonight and uh and everything up to that point is just nullified <laughs> to what they've done I, that's it's strange it's obviously to play time
1: i do, i have i have bigger question I mean I think the plot is absolute nonsense it's, it's poppycock i don't why are the dialects in eighteen sixty six Were they
0: dragged in by the time machine, I thought. I thought Waterfield's time cabinet or Maxtable's time cabinet, whoever you want to attribute it to, uh, somehow opened up a path for the Daleks to come through. And I guess...
1: I don't... The the time...
0: Why they they would do... Yeah, yeah.
1: I realize there's probably more I don't understand because the time cabinet and the time machine seem to be different. Yes. Yes, they are. And I don't understand i mean the time machine obviously lets the daleks travel to however however they ended up in 1866 it lets them travel through to 1967 or whenever Mm -hmm. and so i don't know why they need the doctor to come back tonight to 1866 because they could just all go to 1967 um yep and yep yeah i mean the the dalek factor stuff i didn't understanding i mean they they come up with all this stuff about the human factor which goes nowhere so right right they, they don't in, in terms of the story arc that feels somewhat unsatisfying and then the dialect factor stuff comes out of nowhere so again yes. that feels somewhat unsatisfying in in story terms how is it identifying
0: the things that make the humans win how is that exercise what leads them to understanding what the factors are that make a Dalek a Dalek? I don't
1: get that at all. No, I think I think that, that just that comes out of nowhere as a plot convenience. It To me, to me, it feels like I just, OK. I mean, so the so the interesting thing about how I think the 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 story feels quite influential, but also um this may be me reading stuff into it because we're a few we're, as we record this, we're a few days out from uh, the announcement that Ross T. Davis is coming back as showrunner on Doctor Who, and so I've dived into the writer's tale just you know out of interest yeah. of how he <laughs> how he goes about writing Doctor Who, and he 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 has a very kind of visual approach. He he sees particular scenes or kind of. Uh, the the feel the emotional the the atmospheric sense of 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 what you're seeing before he gets to the the plot stuff and you can kind of see how (laughs) you can you can tell that that, that's that seems to be how david whisker has come at come at this stuff because there there is some nice atmospheric stuff in this i love the i love the shop i love it and i do actually quite like the fact that he's there selling Victoriana that is brand new because he has a time machine and that's wonderful. It's a clever also, idea. Yeah. It's a clever idea that is kind of wasted because it goes nowhere, but it for, for an episode, it works really, really well. And I also like all of the stuff in the in the Victorian house. There's that kind of that closed house, small cast, real kind of claustrophobic sense of mystery that you get. And having daleks in a victorian setting is a really nice contrast again you know i kind of like that but it but it but it does feel like though those kind of things have been stitched together and then the details of how the the plot weaves mm-hmm. in between them have been added on as pretty much a an afterthought and not much of a thought at that <laughs> okay fair enough <laughs> I, I will i, I, I will agree. say while i'm talking about rtd that a direct influence of this in terms of the human factor because the human factor itself is not a bad idea that that you might having i mean i i find it difficult for them i did difficult to think that the daleks have difficulty with the human race even yes. dalek invasion of earth that's thwarted by the doctor interfering not the humans themselves but, but, but not anyway. tossing
0: ropes over a dalek and throwing them
1: exactly so the 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 idea is a, is a nice one and it is the idea from the cult of skaro in in the lost planet right yep i mean there's the even the thing planet? in this of the stolen planet sorry um
0: actually i don't think so it's um it's doomsday with a cyberman that's when they pulled the, cult, when of the Star- cult of Scarrow out yeah. oh
1: he comes back he comes back in the stolen yeah. planet yeah yes yeah. Sorry, I've just I've got that image of Dalek Khan gibbering away. But yes, no, you're quite right. They're introduced in Doomsday, um, but it, but it, but there is that similar thing of the Daleks. There have been given names, and in this, the mm-hmm. human, the the Daleks with the human factor, the Doctor names them. I must say, I, you know, we, we, we doc, the Doctor's, the Doctor needs a better book of names. Boy, does he! I mean, what? Who? Who on earth? First off, who names them?
0: I'm going to call you A, B, and Z. <laughs> right? Am I by remembering my alphabet well enough to know that that is not Alpha, Beta,
1: yes. Omega? I mean, you have gone, yeah, you would. Alpha Omega is first to last.
0: Yeah, that's a weird.
1: But even so, it does demonstrate a certain lack of imagination in terms. Tom Baker of would
0: have had better names.
1: Theta, right? Sigma, Curly.
0: He'd call them Curly and La- Larry
1: uh, Moe and Curly. Yeah,
0: Larry Moe and Curly. There we go. Things like that. Spiky. You know, just, well, that just sounds, things well, that, that sounds more fit...
1: Capaldi to me. But
0: fair enough. But yeah, later doctors would have better names for their Dalek pets. But uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I have. I I don't have any trouble. Uh, I don't have any trouble with the notion that the Daleks can be defeated by humans because, frankly, up till this point, the Daleks aren't that impressive mm. and have never been that impressive. Yes, they did conquer the Earth. Uh, is it? And yes, it took the Doctor to save them, but it wasn't that huge of a leap. And if Earth had been a more spacefaring race, I don't feel like they'd have been defeated by the Daleks as easily. Right? They're coming in. Just like if the Daleks invaded Victorian Earth, yeah, no, there's there's no hope there. But if the Daleks invaded 23rd century Earth, different effect. So I I, I like I do not like the Russell T Davies era Daleks for for the very reason that they're so powerful they can challenge the Time Lords, which is nonsense. <laughs> like it has always been nonsense, and you know they've they've gone from comical tin pots. To comical tin pots that somebody says is the most powerful beings in the universe. No, No, well, I'm I'm not sure.
1: I'm not sure they were comical tin pot. I mean, i I think I think that when Daleks work best is when you see less of them. So if I think of the Daleks, (laughs) actually, the Daleks in aren't in the Daleks that much. And what? conveys how fearsome and how terrible they are are people's reactions to them it's what it's what they is what they've done it's the effect of it so you you know you see how the thals react to them you see the effect they have had on the on the city in skaro does it have a name i don't know what the city um the city and similarly you know in Dal- dalek invasion of earth it, it's it's how the it's how the human survivors all all react and I and I felt like the stuff in the in the Victorian house was working better because the Daleks were there or it was working better when the Daleks were there in the background and you were seeing how uh, Waterfield and and Maxtable were very jittery you know just do what they say because they're they're terrifying and you don't kind of need to demonstrate why they're terrifying you just need to show how frightened these men are and equally you know when the doctor reacts that's what scares you it's in it's in Dalek when the doctor realizes what this artifact actually is and it's the way in which he suddenly you know snaps into this there's this terrifying transformation in him. That's what's frightening. It's not having, you know, lots of Daleks going round and round in circles and shooting each other and the Emperor and all this.
0: Yeah, but you know, eventually they have to they have to put their money where their mouth is. You can't be afraid of something that never does anything scary. Eventually, you, you've got to have you've got to have something. And the Daleks have always had stupid plans. I mean they, they are the worst planners ever and
1: I would this say one is an, an example invasion of earth is a pretty stupid plan it is a stupid plan yeah it, and it i do like a... that story a lot
0: yeah so i mean they're, they're not great at plotting and they're not that invulnerable because you can just take a piece of rope and throw them
1: off a thing and they're dead and and i on the other hand i wouldn't i wouldn't exactly crown the time lords as being brain of the universe in terms of their own plots
0: no not no no they're not but they certainly should have had far more power than the daleks could ever have achieved their their pathetic attempt in genesis of the daleks to stop the daleks was could have been averted some other way if they really wanted to worry about it but it, but nonetheless you know it 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 is the daleks just have never been particularly good and and, and you know in the the new series we're just told they're so incredibly scary because they've done these incredibly scary things. They're still kind of rubbish um, and have not been served very well. Uh, Well, I
1: I I think that, I I mean, I'm not really arguing with you here. I'm not a huge Dalek fan, but I do think there have been better Dalek stories and worse Dalek stories. And that is true now. And that was true then. I I feel like this is, this is definitely one of, one of the lesser Dalek stories of the sixties. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: A couple of things, uh, I'll point out here that I thought were kind of <sighs> other things, ignoring the Daleks. Here's another one. Jamie was dumb as a post in this episode. Um, yeah. Repeatedly. Like, but the TARDIS doctor. It's like, shut up, Jamie. Or doctor, why are we arriving 30 minutes earlier for an appointment? Why are we sneaking in at the, top of his voice is like shut up jimmy how dumb are you today but doctor we've got to find the tardis but doctor shut up shut up jimmy shut up (laughs) it's like got it i know we're looking for the tardis i can talk to this person for 30 seconds about other things you don't need to shout what about the tardis any more times and the sequence where at the midpoint somewhere, it's like when we're, when we're out of this, I'm done, doctor, you're too callous. Um, Really? That just, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right on his character. It doesn't
1: feel, it doesn't feel very Jamie-ish, but again, I am going to pick up on something where I feel like there is quite an influence in evil. I mean, it's the, it's, it's the earliest example of this that I can think of, and it becomes a, a kind of touchstone of the of the the i'm going to say the seventh doctor but it's really specifically it's kind of going into the 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 virgin new adventures kind of seventh doctor era of the idea of the doctor being the arch manipulator and in particular manipulating his, his companions in a borderline abusive way And you see that in the way that he is not honest with Jamie. I mean, at first he says, no, I'm going to be absolutely honest with Jamie, but then he isn't. And he starts using reverse psychology on him. And it does make you think of the Doctor being that that kind of master planner. And the friction that that then creates between Jamie and the Doctor does feel to me very kind of Doctor and Ace because there are innumerable times when Ace sort of says, you know, how could you do this? And I'm not traveling with you anymore. And that's, that feels much more like they, they've they earned it because they build up to that kind of showdown that that it's there within their relationship. Whereas there's nothing about the Doctor and Jamie's relationship that makes you think Jamie would do that.
0: Also, also Jamie's never seen Daleks before. So the first time the Doctor mentions the <laughs> Daleks, Jamie is talking about, you always thought about a Daleks or something. It's like, really? You think he is?
1: <laughs> really? Good point.
0: There's also another one, uh, not not Jamie's fault. It's Victoria's fault. Uh, at some point before she's ever met the doctor, she says something like, "And that's when Jamie and the doctor came to rescue me," and it and it wasn't. Or. She she mentions Jamie and the doctor in the act of rescuing her. Whether it's they did or they they tried or I I don't remember what point it was, but she clearly said in the doctor, and "It's like you haven't actually met him yet." So no. um, why? I think she meant Kemmel, and they just flubbed the line, oh, and it was a, yeah, and it, it it went through because it sounds natural. It's Jamie and the doctor, yeah. You know, but yeah, 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 yeah. Jamie bothered me in this episode at several times. Mm. so
1: while we're while we're kind of picking on things there are plot Mm. plot holes i mean it's not just that the whole thing is poppycock it's that when you get down to the (laughs) nitty-gritty details there are things that just don't make sense like the the victoriana shop is in london right they're fairly explicit about that yeah how do jamie and the doctor get to london Uh, it's gatwick just right there gatwick (laughs) is like a good 30 miles away did they just walk it
0: uh, taxi <laughs> i don't know
1: it, it it feels like there should have been some because obviously they couldn't have done a short hop in the tardis or whatever and usually if you see them you know traveling anywhere it's because they they meet someone and get a lift or yeah, yeah. i don't know because but um i I, th- I think that's just an oversight because then later on it feels like a bit of a bigger deal that they're on Scaro. Okay. Yeah. How did they get to Scaro? Uh, the
0: Dalek time machine. I guess he programmed it to take them to Skara,
1: The Dalek time machine that lets them travel through time.
0: Yeah, I'm guessing it's a time and space <laughs> that machine. Doesn't,
1: that <laughs> doesn't really make much more sense than well, they got to Scaro in a taxi, to me.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there are some plot holes in this story. There's, there's no doubt about that um I, I I one of the things that is interesting that I thought and I felt like they were trying to say something and I don't know if it's germane to something at that time or whether it's just a, a universal thing. there was an awful lot of I can't be blamed for what the Daleks do. No court in the land would convict me. I think that's even maxwell has that line. This isn't a court in the land that would convict me for what I'm doing here? And Waterfield uses something similar. I, I I can't be held accountable for what I'm being forced to do, which I don't think is morally defensible, but at the same time, <laughs> it, it is interesting that that they repeatedly make that argument. And I realize Maxtable is lying about it. Right? He's yes, he's yes. using that as a justification, but that justification is a lie and he knows it. He is complicit with the Daleks, he's been going along with them, he's the one that kidnapped Victoria that waterfield on the other hand is doing it under duress and he is getting increasingly upset like when they kill kennedy which seems to be the first time they killed somebody and yet we're supposed to think that they think the daleks are so terrible right because what what have the daleks done that was terrible prior to that except shout um at them and kidnap victoria don't know um but what what I thought was really strange, and this kind of comes back to the animation; it's tied to that. So, Maxwell is evil. Waterfield is not evil, but he is being forced into doing his things. But when you watch the surviving episode, Waterfield is a decent-looking guy. He, he's just—he's just an ordinary-looking person. Maxtable is so obviously a crazed. Bad guy, from his hair and his look and his his demeanor on the screen, that you know it, it's it's easy to see that where these things come out. But in the animation, it's exactly the opposite. Waterfield practically looks like a vampire. The way they've done him up with the gaunt cheeks and the dark shadows and everything, he looks evil. He looks like he should be coming out like Uncle you your blood from from behind drapes and maxable looks presentable <laughs> it's a very I, I realize they probably can't do that crazy wild hair but they really no, kind of flipped them around I, uh, I, in I, I, that's hair.
1: interesting because i didn't i didn't get that from the live I, I mean i don't disagree with the way that you described the animation but i i didn't feel like it was that discrepant i didn't feel like <sighs> marius goring's hair is obviously bad guy hair I, whatever bad guy hair Well, of course is, the,
0: the 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 thing is that you know I watched you have to watch episode one, that's where we meet Waterfield, yeah, you meet waterfield, he is obviously the master manipulator, so you're perfectly acceptable thinking he's the the bad bad guy, and he is gaunt and he is dark and he's kind of mean to his employees and uh, but we really learn that's just victorian uh manners and uh, you know, he he has that almost Christopher Lee look to him in this uh this animation they've got him. So you're like, you know, fine, that's the bad guy. Okay. Then we hop to the live action and we meet Maxtable, and you're like, oh, that guy is okay. That's an and an, but Waterfield doesn't convey that sense of menace anymore that he did in the first episode. And then you switch to episode three, which is the first time you see the animated Maxtable, and it's like Wow, that's just not the same guy I don't know that i would well yeah it, it's well it's I, like...
1: I, I yeah i mean i didn't think the hair was i didn't think the hair was animated but i', do, I like you said i don't know how you could do that really but in in other respects, I, I- certainly didn't didn't get the same feeling that he did about waterfield i i felt there was a kind of a good a good sense of him in the animation when you see the live action yep i get it. And I, I, can me, there was uh, I can see that it's the yeah, same person. I can
0: see it. Yeah. But also, person. but it's also that like...
1: it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's highlighting the same aspect. He is quite sort of, he's quite stern. He's quite overbearing in some respects. Um, and Maxwell feels, feels softer. He feels more kind of avuncular and uh, playing the, playing mine host. Yeah. I, I, it I, feels more in tune. It, my impression of the live-action episode feels more in tune with your impression of the animated episodes.
0: I, I, it would be like if uh, half the movie they took a character and they and they lit him in horror lighting all the time, and then in the other half they didn't. It's kind of like that. that that's the feel. Like no, with I, un, with I understand. Waterfield, yeah, no, yeah. I
1: understand. it I just didn't get the same impression of it.
0: Um, is this the first time the doctor ever explicitly said he's not
1: human? I was wondering that. I mean, obviously he says he's from another planet in the future,
0: but it could be in the future and it could be a human. He could be an ancestor of humans and the the regeneration could have been a function that his people have developed. That's part of the TARDIS, you know? Um, So, I mean, all that, we just know he's from another planet. We did not know. I don't think we knew that he was not human, but I'm not I'm not absolutely sure on that. It just it felt like it that they were a little more explicit with it in this episode than they have been in the past.
1: It certainly stood out to me, the fact they were hammering that. And then obviously it became clear the reason for that was because they needed it as the explanation for why the doctor is not affected by the magical doorway that makes this
0: the could make this the very first time that they have pulled out a new feature biological feature for the doctor apart from their generation which might not well, be a biological yeah, feature is but a big one. uh to to get out of a plot uh, plot hole and, oh you've got a respiratory bypass system why didn't we know that before <laughs> <laughs> and i still want to know uh, where that bypass gen- goes but um it's,
1: it's an influential story yeah
0: let's see Dizzy Dizzy Daleks. That was a bit fun, I have to say. Stupid, but a bit fun. Yeah.
1: yeah, I, yeah. It was a strange cliffhanger, I felt. A pretty strange way to end the episode. I thought that it was, it was, it was a fun thing to do, but you have to be careful with if you've got your kind of arch baddies of showing them in any light where they appear a little bit ridiculous because as soon as you realize they're ridiculous they become the kind of cartoon monster that you just get portrayed as yeah being being these kind of comical baddies and you know during the kind of decline in the 1980s this was always the kind of pastiche or 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 joke about Doctor Who and I thought they trod the line okay on that but then, later in the episode, when they have characters just doing the Dalek voice, they went well over the line. That that just seems like they are sending it up. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there's no reason for them to actually do the funny voice.
1: No, and I mean that comes part part. That's partly to do with the the poppycock plot. It 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 doesn't the Dalek factor thing. It doesn't really connect with the whole thing of Daleks and and what they are and this idea of them being genetically engineered in that particular way, because and, and, the, and don't you the think, magic doorway just undermines that.
0: Don't you think the Daleks already knew that about themselves anyway? If we could just make humans like us, then we could win. Don't they already but it, but it, know it, what it, they're I like? Think
1: the bigger issue for me is that it cuts against this Dalek purity thing that they should not want humans to be like them because even if they they took the human gene and created something that was that had all of the kind of qualities and character of a dalek they would still feel like yeah but genetically it's a human and therefore yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: but i don't think i don't think that the plan was to swell the ranks of daleks i think the plan was to turn as many humans into dalek like creatures as it could tell them to go kill all the rest of the humans and then they just wipe out the Dalek the human Daleks afterwards. I think their ultimate goal is still to wipe out all the humans. It's well you just, can
1: you can gonna... possibly rationalise it, but you're still left with the question of why does a Dalek sound like a Dalek? Yeah. And the 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 answer is nothing to do with its character and and those traits. It's a physiological question. It's the fact that they have genetically manipulated themselves into these nuclear proof creatures that have to move around inside these machines and then given the machines voice synthesizers that are very basic because daleks don't care about you know such aesthetic niceties as having a a musical speaking voice
0: yes so the human factor the ability to modulate and calm your voice it's like that's they didn't I didn't hear them put that one in the human factor when the doctor was calculating it. But that definitely needed to be in there, because then when they made the Dalek factor by doing the opposite, know, that would that would cause Maxible to talk funny. Let's see. It's interesting that they were so concerned with Victoria's weight. Remind me. They they just like you'll eat, and then they they measured her, and you're like you're down seven ounces or 17 ounces or something. It's like, eat, don't feed the flying pests. It's like, I I get that they want to keep her alive, but, but really that level of weight control didn't make a whole lot of, whole lot of sense. It's just an excuse to put her on the machine to weigh her, which apparently hurts. Um, Arthur Terrell. Was that character completely and utterly pointless as was Max, as a daughter,
1: (laughs) As opposed to, yeah,
0: I mean, he didn't I, do I, anything really
1: <laughs>
0: in a fight with Jamie me, at one point.
1: A lot of these characters, they they yeah, they sort of came into the story and then disappeared. I mean, even even characters like Kemmel and Maxtable or whatever. I mean, I I don't know, I don't know the why. Maxtable is the is the classic. He has a. He appears to be one thing he's revealed to be another he has an obsession the obsession leads to his co scribes actually doesn't lead to his carfulness because as far as i can tell he completely gets away with it waterfield Axel? didn't he die on scara did he i don't know i didn't
0: i think he ran I... back into the battle and I mean,
1: we didn't and see the shot but i didn't I, we didn't see we didn't see it i don't again i don't know whether that's the animation or whether it's just me getting extremely bored by that point because obviously you know waterfield water again water, uh, Waterfield has more of an arc because he's he is as you say forced into doing some things that he deeply regrets i guess his death is a form of redemption because he saves the doctor okay no idea what kemmel's death is about but then kemmel doesn't really have much of an arc because he's just they're friends with jamie uh and then t- tends to do everything right is jolly good and virtuous and then gets chucked into a chasm yep. for no reason um and yeah toby i don't i mean i guess Ke- toby kennedy you got to have some people who get killed by daleks all right i can i can understand that but it doesn't it doesn't feel very satisfying i guess yeah
0: It's it's a it's a definitely a middle of the road episode of Doctor Who. There are there are many better out there. I'm absolutely uh, I don't think Underwater Menace is one of them, but there are many better out there. Yes, it is. Uh, (laughs) I I will reserve my final judgment on Underwater Menace until they animate it uh, and see if it's if it's any if I think it's any better. (laughs) um,
1: There are. There are some things that I liked about this episode and somewhat to my surprise, one of them is the score, um, which is Dudley Simpson. But I, th- I mean, huh. often Dudley Simpson doesn't actually do a lot for me. I really liked this one. I'm trying to remember what I thought about the macro terror, whether I mentioned that or, or not, I'll have to go back and listen to the podcast. Um Obviously if I did like it, it wasn't sufficiently memorable for me to, um, to be I able to. I think it was not itself. sufficiently memorable. I, my recollection is, yeah. is nothing i am oh, it, just it, it, gonna, yes it does have the crazy dance in it doesn't it um
0: I, I i am just going to say uh once again i will just quote my notes here uh i have a section uh heading music subsection
1: yuck it's all i got interesting interesting <laughs> um there was set, there were sections of it particularly the uh, kind of background score music that i didn't like i thought there it was a bit more kind of standard dudley simpson stuff but i generally did think the music was effective and yeah no i mean no stronger than that i i enjoyed it i liked it mm.
0: i found it intrusive it was it was enough to stand out And I, I mean i love a good i love a good strong piece of music that i am the doctor for example that that swells mm. up at the right mm. moment and it carries the mood along uh, or or you know not not necessarily an exciting action piece I didn't find this to be that I found this to be like who who let a musician into the room and he's playing the wrong tune right now
1: oh no I, I thought it was it was appropriate it felt yeah it felt it felt appropriate it added to the drama for me anyway
0: let's see uh I I only have one last thing and I'll
1: but I'll I'll turn it to you first and see what else you got. That's pretty much it for me, except for the guest stars. Um, not a, not a huge uh, starring role for either of them, but Windsor Davies uh, was Toby. I didn't recognise him in this. Um, not that I was ever a regular watcher of It Ain't Half Hot Mum, but you know a name. Um, and Bridget Forsyth, who was in Whatever Happened to the Likely Lads. A few years later, she playing Maxwell's Max Ruth Yeah, I don't recognize
0: either of those two. So, uh, I, I guess the one thing I want to add is that I saw a tweet online earlier today, and someone had posted a picture of a newspaper review of oh, yeah. Evil. You saw that? Talking about the, the, the guy the,
1: who watched it twice at the, the guy t- who watched contemporary it twice. review and thought it was terrible. What?
0: thought it was terrible and thought and it's something about his wife mentioning the scene where Jamie pops his head in and has to visibly wait for the trap to spring. Yeah. Uh, in the and the thing and I thought isn't that isn't that nice of the animators to keep that in? <laughs> because that's exactly what happens in the animated version. It's so slow. <laughs> the trap to spring. You'd have thought they could have I don't know, somehow made that I thought it was the animation that looked unconvincing. I was like, "Well, they just—they didn't get that right. They didn't get the timing right." But apparently, apparently, they didn't get the timing right on the original one either. So, yeah. I don't know. Well, those are in lost episodes. So,
1: I think I think it, I think that's a a factor of the style of the animation that you watch it and you are willing to give the give. Yeah give the credits to the original makers for having got that right and just put this down to the animation. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but apparently not so much. So uh, it's it's an homage. We'll call it an homage in the animation to the original instead of a instead of a deficiency. But <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um the next uh, it's been announced Galaxy 4. Well hey. It's coming out in October.
1: It's amazing how quickly they're they're coming now i mean i was amazed that they announced evil so soon after web of fear i mean literally it's been like six week gap i think between yeah releases um i'm not sure it's october but i think it might be november i don't have the date to hand but it's still another one this year which you know i would have i would have expected it would be spring before we got another one because we were on a two a year cycle
0: yeah, we, we've had, had
1: we've had fury from the deep this year already. So this is three and a bit animations, right? Yeah, it's really ramping up. I'm not
0: dissatisfied. Maybe it's because they're working at home in pandemic. And this was good work <laughs> to work on. I mean, seriously, it could very well be. I
1: think they were working at home anyway.
0: Right. But it, they may have been doing other work. And it's like, hmm, this is one we can this is one we can do in this kind of situation at, at a higher rate. So I, I would like to think that uh, something good has come out of it, or or they're just getting up to speed. I and mean, I don't care. I don't know. We can talk about this offline as to whether or not we're actually going to do another episode on Galaxy Four because we oh, have reviewed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we reviewed the, I mean,
1: the like twenty five versions version of Shadow of I mean. it without any animation. <laughs> no, I've I think I mean I am in, I'm interested in in it as a full story and i'm also interested because although we've had these we talked about the, the kind of consistency um in the in the the these four serials mm-hmm. that have been done by the same people the 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 big finish ones it's almost like every time they change they change style they go out to a different you know right. they out they outsource the animation they go out to some completely different animation studio it looks to me—I mean, it's really, really hard to tell from the clip that we've seen. It looks to me like it might be a bit similar to Fury from the Deep. I was hoping that it would be an evolution from the Web of Fear style. Um, it may be something completely different. I think—I think we've got to have a look at it and and do a review. All
0: right, ah, uh, you twist my arm, <laughs> <laughs> but but you heard it here first, folks. It's Simon's idea. Um, no,
1: <laughs> blame me, yeah.
0: Yep, Blank Simon, just in case.
1: But come on. Galaxy I, 4, I, as Reacts. I
0: recall, as I recall, we liked Galaxy 4 in its 30-minute form.
1: Well, there we go then. Another reason I, to, I, I to I feel come, like I that can't was remember the case. to be honest, but
0: seems to be my recollection. It's like, wow, this is really a shame this story is not in because I I enjoyed it. So, here we go. I'm good with it. Uh, I am very very good with it. This is the first um
1: Hartnell we've had in a while, isn't it? Yes. Yes, so that's another another reason to take a look at it. I mean, I am certainly not complaining about having a whole slew of new trouten because I love my trouten, but it's nice to have some variety too. Yeah, fill them all in. Every last one, all of
0: them. Don't wait to the last to do the historicals because it's going to be like what they did with the Doctor Who VHS line. They released all the ones people liked first, saving the ones they didn't like for last, and then sales trailed off.
1: Well... Oh, I see. Yes, that is a, that is potentially a worry. I mean, the reason they're wasting on the historicals is more to do with the technical difficulties of animating them. And I would also add, I like the historicals, but I, I see what you're saying, which is that's me buying it is not necessarily going to cover the costs. So it needs lots yeah. of people to like them.
0: and Lots of people like them or to just go, you know something? There's another hole to fill in my collection. I want it. Not. Not oh now we've got the smugglers and we've got the can't even think of some of the other missing historicals but uh the crusades, Marco Polo, the,
1: the highlanders, Saras, Marco Bo-
0: Yep. See, I want all those. I want all those. I, I'd like them to. I'd like them to split them up: two science fiction, one historical. That's how I would think they should do them, and then get them out of the way.
1: All
0: right. Simon, thank you for joining me.
1: It's a pleasure as always,
0: listeners. I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. There are over 500 previous episodes available at FusionPatrol.com. Come join the conversation on Twitter, our website, or Facebook. Find out how you can become a supporter at Patreon.com slash Fusion Patrol. Supporters get early access to all regular episodes, bonus episodes, and more. There's even an optional podcast series where we're looking at the classic TV series, Babylon 5. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production.
1: On the next episode of Fusion Patrol, please join me, Eugene. And me, Simon. And we are talking about the Bugs episode, Hot Metal. We're talking about sonic technology. In fact, two completely separate and unconnected sonic technologies. We're talking about inconsistent villains and their pointlessly elaborate traps. And we're talking about the team Bugs and their relationship to Her Majesty's Government. We hope you'll come join the conversation.